You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. We're fresh out of Eagle Fest weekend at the Black and Gold Spring Game, a sweep of middle 10, throw in an extra defeat of the Jaguars of South Alabama, and it was a great weekend to be a Golden Eagle. So without any further ado, brought in a guest to talk about all of it and more. You guys know him. You love him. I don't know how many times he's been on the show. This is probably like his fourth or fifth time. But please welcome my guest today, Jason Munns. So this past weekend was the black and gold spring game for Southern Miss football. On with me now, you know him from the Hattiesburg American, Jason Munns. Welcome back to the show. Jamie, I couldn't be happier to be back on your show. It's, it's, gosh, was it like last, was it before the hiatus that I, that I was on last, I think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The only Ooh. way, the only way you'd be happier is if we were at Del Sol or a com- yeah. comparable Mexican restaurant. El Chico, Del Sol, any, any number of, uh, uh, of, of fine, uh, Mexican dining establishments, and I'd be a little, probably a little happier. Yeah. Me too, probably. Me too, probably. Now, we just finished up spring football, spring practice, the spring game for Southern Miss football. What are your impressions of this Golden Eagle team coming out of this spring camp? Well, now you got me thinking about the club tacos at Del Sol, so I'm going to have to <laughs> just give me a minute while I, while I, uh, refocus. Uh, you said, what are my impressions? Yeah, what's your overall impression of the team? You know, we, we lost a lot of guys. You know, we got some good young talent coming back, some new talent coming in this spring. So overall, what are you, what's your impression of this Golden Eagle football team? Well, um, you know, they're just, they're kind of hard to get a, a, a read on, an accurate read on them. I, 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 you know, I think, you know, in certain spots, I think, I think I've, you know, you got a, a pretty good feel for, for how they're going to be. Uh, front seven on defense, I think, is going to be really good. Um, you know, you've got Sherrod Ruff, Rakeem Booth. Talking about linebacker, you got uh, those two. You've got uh, Paxton Scrimshire mixed in there some with Darian Yancey also at that, um, at that Wolf position, that hybrid defensive line, you know, defensive end linebacker uh, position. Um uh, trying to think off the top of my head, Walden Davis is in there. Tyree Evans is a newcomer who uh, has impressed the coaching staff with what he's done throughout the uh, spring. And uh, and I feel like I'm missing a couple, but I think I think Jeremy Sangster being another one. I think I think they are probably the deepest, most experienced uh, group position group on the field, and so I feel good about them. Uh, and I, and the def- defensive line as well. Uh, Nucci Harris. Uh, Jaquez Turner, uh, Delmon Landry, uh, you know, and, and Demario Smith. I, I really feel strongly that that they're going to be 
very good too. And that's not even counting the, the guys that are going to be coming in, the Shannon Carterswells, the Andre Hyman's, the uh, Nick Dawson uh, from from the uh, junior college up in Oklahoma. And then if if they're able to get everything worked out with his uh, his teammate from up there at uh, at NEO A and M. Isaiah, I think Isaiah Johnson was his name. Uh, yes. If they can get, yeah, if they can get everything worked out with him, then, then it's going to be even better. So uh, I really like the, the front seven or front six, however, whatever formation they run nowadays. But, um, you know, other than that, quarterback's question mark, I think. Uh, although I think no matter what, no matter who gets the job, it's going to be, they're going to be, um, I think, better than last year. And and so you know you got to feel good about that. Uh, I think the running back group is going to be solid. Uh, sneak has been sneaky, but they're going to be very deep as well. Uh, you talk about as Parks, T. Rod Daniels, George Payne, um, Andre Hale, Stephen Anderson. I mean, they got five scholarship running backs that that they like uh, right now. And then they're going to add Travinsky Mosley. Uh, the signee from from Shreveport, and then I say they got five. I mean they got five healthy guys right now. They have six if you count Darius Mayberry, and I think you know the indications I've been given is he's progressing uh, a little bit ahead of the pace they originally thought uh, he would be on. So uh, feel good about them. The receivers, it's it's tough to get a read on them just because they've had so many injuries uh, throughout the entire spring, and then the offensive line. If I had to pick. You know, one major concern, you know, one one spot where I'm most concerned, I would say, uh, offensive line, just strictly because of the inexperience uh, you're going to have. It looks like you're going to have a true freshman at center. Uh, he could be a freshman All-American, but he's still a true freshman, and we, you know, he's yet to play a game. So, uh, you know, Drake Dorbeck is, you know, he spent most of the spring hurt, and, uh you know, then you uh, throw in the fact that on one side or the other at tackle, you're going to have somebody new, whether that's Paul Gaynor, Willis and Alpheus, uh, Tariq Johnson. You know, those are kind of your candidates for the other tackle spot, depending on where Drake lines up, if he's on left or right. Um, so, but I, I, there's just a, a number of um, unanswered questions on the offensive line. And so, uh, I think that's probably your your biggest, most glaring uh, spot that that you know where where there's the most uncertainty. You mentioned you know you started off talking about the defense. Were there any noticeable changes in any capacity with the change in defensive coordinators? There wasn't, you know, uh, and 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 I was wondering about that. Um, you know, uh, it was something that I, I tried to keep an eye on, and I talked to some of the coaches about it. And, you know, in, in essence, Jay Hobson is the defense coordinator. I mean, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's obviously uh, got a long background as a defensive assistant, a defensive coordinator, and he, you know, he lets his guys do their thing, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, it's his system. And, you know, no matter, who's got, who, no matter who it is with defensive coordinator in front of their name, they're running Jay Hoskins system. So uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to look similar, you know, and it's going to have, you know, because 
it's not Tony Pecoraro and it is Tim Billings now uh, with with Derek Nicholson as his co-defensive coordinator. You know, since it's someone different, then it's obviously going to have its own. There's probably going to be some some subtle nuances that are a little bit different than uh, than the stamp that Tony Pecoraro put on the defense. But uh, you know, you'd, you'd have to look really, really hard and and really study it to to probably even be able to pick up on it. Um, you know, and then, you know, if it, if it looks a ton different, uh, at times, then I think it's probably going to have more to do with the fact that you have different personnel, uh, than, than, than the fact that you've got a different, uh, defense coordinator. One of the things that, you know, I think some folks that, that pay attention to the team were concerned about heading into the spring was all of the, uh, newcomers in the secondary, how do you see this secondary playing out for this 2018 Golden Eagle football team? Yeah, man, rightfully so. Uh, you know, you lost what eight eight uh, seniors to uh, graduation there, and that's both your starters at corner, at least one of your backups at corner, and then all five of your, or I think, yeah, no, no, both your safeties, uh, various more. Uh, Kelsey Douglas being the 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 one of the other safeties, and then Joe Mads Applewhite being the rover. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of losses there, but I think they did a pretty good job last year of getting guys like Tyler Barnes playing time. Uh, obviously, Picasso Nelson is back, uh, and he's a three-year starter before he missed last season with an injury. Um, Xavier Marion is in his fifth uh, year with the team. And so he's going to play a big role, um, if for no other reason, just experience. And, and, you know, to be honest, they really do like, oh, and, and I should mention Rayshon, uh, Rayshon Mitchell, uh, got some valuable play in time last year when Cornell, Cornell Armstrong got hurt. So, uh, Ernest Gunn has been in the, in the, in the program. This will be his fourth season. Um, you know, so it's not like they don't have guys who have been around. Uh, they just, don't have a ton of playing time. You know, guys like Chris Reed, Trey Davis, uh, Shannon Showers, uh, Curry Ben, obviously this is his first spring. Um, trying to think there, there are some others, you know, obviously that haven't had a ton of playing time yet. So, uh, you know, there, there, there is a good reason for, you know, just being a little bit skeptical about the secondary, but, uh, like I said, Ty Williams, came in and really, really impressed uh, the coaching staff at corner. And, you know, you're still waiting on uh, Mick Harper and, and Kyle Hemby uh, for the safety spot. So I do think they have capable bodies, capable talent. It's just a matter of, you know, are they going to be able to, uh, you know, actually apply their potential once the lights come on and, you know, I, I think I think, and I've said this before. I think having as much depth and experience and skill as they do up front on defense is only going to make uh, the secondary's uh, life easier uh, on game day. Probably the biggest question that fans had about this spring was who was going to end up being the starting quarterback. And the only thing that really is certain at this point, it seems, is that there's still uncertainty uh, heading into this summer. 
That's right. That's right. Do you know who it's going to be? Because I don't. I don't. Coach Hobson won't tell me anything. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, same. Same here. <laughs> uh, it, it, he's. He's. You know. He needs to go into like secret service work or uh, CIA work or something like that because he's he's a tough uh, nut to crack. But um, but no, I, I you know it, two weeks ago I was I was crowing about Jack Abraham. I, I was telling people that you know that I'd be shocked if he uh, wasn't the guy, the starting quarterback come uh, September first or whenever it is they're they're going to decide to play that season opener. Um, you know, I, 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 he was the guy and, and, it, and all the evidence pointed to that, uh, you know, and I take, I take Quadre Griggs out of the equation simply because he, uh, didn't practice at all this spring. Uh, you know, you, you know, you, you can't, you can't really, uh, evaluate, uh, the competition based on what a guy did last year. You gotta, you gotta look at it from, from, what you see in the, in the here and now, but, but then Keon Howard just kind of came out of, I mean, he, he closed really, excuse me. He closed really, really strong over the last two weeks of spring camp, uh, including the spring game. You know, he didn't go out there and throw four touchdowns and for 250, 300 yards and and, and everything else in the spring game, but he didn't make mistakes or at least he didn't make very many big mistakes. Um, he was consistent. He was, uh, uh, he made good decisions. He led the team. Uh, you know, he, 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 um, orchestrated the offense, uh, you know, well enough. And, and I thought that he performed of the three quarterbacks, uh, that are currently healthy and going through spring. Um, Keon Howard, Jack Abraham, and Marcelo Rodriguez. I thought he had the best two weeks there at the end. Uh, of spring training and and you know it was play it was good to see that uh obviously he's struggled um in his first two years and part of that is just because he wasn't ready in year one and i think that probably stunted his uh you know his his growth and, and the maturation process but um it had to be done they, they had no other choice but to put him in uh when nick mullins and parker adams and both got hurt in the same game so uh, you know, but, but I think he's finally starting to turn a corner, which will make August all the more interesting, especially, you know, you're going to, you know, he's coming on strong. Jack Abraham's still uh, playing relatively well. And, and then you're going to add Quadri Griggs to the next two. So uh, August, August ought to be fun. Yeah, and Key was somebody that you saw flashes from. I mean, probably the most athletic of the bunch, probably has the most raw talent of the bunch, but just the ability to read defenses and, and decision making, especially in games, was was always hit or miss. So if he can, you know, put it all together and hit that next gear, there's no telling what he'd be able to do in this offense. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, his ceiling is high and and all that, but uh, it, it does come down to consistency. I mean, you know, are are the are the lows worth the highs? You know, uh, or is it, or is it more advantageous to go with somebody with, you know, to put somebody out there where you know exactly what you're going to get or pretty close, uh, to exactly what you're going to get. And, you know, to be fair, um, if we're looking at the spring game, which I, I don't put a ton of uh, stock into spring games simply because, 
you know, you got guys playing out of position. You got a bunch of guys who didn't play. Drake Dorbeck didn't play. There were a handful of receivers that didn't play. Uh, Picasso Nelson didn't play. And then those guys that do play, you know, you've got to divide up teams. So you're mixing up first, second, and third teamers. And, and, and so it's not, it's not a, uh, you know, you can't get, it's, I'm not saying it's worthless, but you can't get a true feel for exactly, you know, what you're seeing. You can't, you got to take it with a pretty big grain of salt, but, uh, and, and to that end, Jack Abraham in the spring game, I mean, he, he had, I think the receivers he had were like Trevor Terry, um, the Michael Harris. No, he, he had Trevor Terry, Bubble Flood and, and Barrett Barra. And then I think on the other side, Keon had Quez and Jalen Adams and, um, the Michael Harris among others. And and so you know, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta take that into account as well. Oh, absolutely. And you kind of alluded to the running back position, and from all the reports with all the different scrimmages that have gone on this spring, it kind of seemed like the running backs were struggling a little bit, but they definitely held their own in the spring game. No doubt. I mean, I think Tez is, uh, you know, he's capable of. He's capable of being a guy, you know, a, a really valuable piece to a running back committee. Um, T. Rod's the same way. I think T. Rod added some some good weight in the off season, and I think he got smarter. I think he he used last year to uh, figure some things out uh, about playing running back at the Division One level. And so I think those two guys are going to be better uh, this season. And then you you bring George back. Uh, George Payne, uh, obviously, Southern Miss fans have, see, has, you know, they've seen what he can do. Um, he uh, missed last season with a hip injury, and they brought him along pretty slow this spring. I think at least the first two weeks he was non-contact, so he was in a red jersey at least the first two weeks, and then even after that they brought him along real slow. They didn't, you know, he he wasn't taking as many reps as the other guys, uh, but but he's a he's a known commodity and and so i think they you know they just didn't want to risk anything but but in the spring game i thought he looked good and then you throw in steven anderson and uh you know he he kind of took spring by storm i think and um and and really gives southern miss a sense of you know, some serenity i think they you know i think when darius mayberry got hurt back in december there was some panic that involved uh, simply because it was getting late in the, in the recruiting process and they didn't have any running backs uh, committed. And then, you know, so at that point they were looking at Ted, T-Rod, and, and maybe George. Uh, back in December there was still some questions as to whether or not he'd be um, healthy enough to return. So I think they panicked a little bit, but Steven Anderson, um, you know, Steven Anderson has, has really calmed some of those concerns. You kind of alluded to all the injuries in the wide receiving core, but my understanding, it seems like Quez Watkins has kind of really elevated his game in this offseason. Yeah, I mean, of the receivers who were healthy enough to practice this spring, uh, he was the number one guy. I mean, there was, there's no, you know, there's no debating that. He was obviously, uh, you know, he, he was kind of the go-to guy the way Corey Robertson was this past season. And so, um, you know, but that's, 
I look for Neil McLaurin to when he's healthy enough to get back on the field and on a full time, uh, full contact uh, basis. I look for him to to you know provide another go to guy, if you will, if, if that's possible. Uh, I really think he will help uh, bring you know some more uh, dynamic, uh, some more. Uh, a more di- dynamic uh, flavor to the um, receiver group. And, and you'll get Tim Jones back. I think this year Reed Riles is going to contribute a pretty good bit uh, to Michael Harris, same way, Bubba Flora the same way. So, But, no, Quez, I, I, I thought last year Quez was going to blow up, and it looked like he was going to the first three or four games of the season, and he kind of he got lost after that UTSA game. I'm not sure how or why, but uh, maybe he just – you know, it being his first season uh, on the field at the D1 level, maybe he just kind of hit a wall. But, uh, but I look for this year. You know, I, I, I fully expect Quez Watkins to have a, you know, whether it's first team, second team, honorable mention. I look for him to have an All Conference type season. One thing that folks have to remember on the offensive line, I mean, the past couple of years, there were times where we didn't have enough to run the scout team, and it kind of seems like we're getting some depth. There. There's some young depth, but definitely some potential for that for that line to progress as the season goes along. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, it, it's a far cry from the way it was two years ago when, like you said, that they couldn't, you know, they, didn't even, they barely had enough to fill out the first and the second team. Uh, I mean, it was, it was laughable. The way the you know the way the numbers were um, just two years ago, two seasons ago, and uh, and and so yeah, I mean, hundred percent, it's it's night and day compared to what it was, and it's still not, um, you know, a hundred percent up to, you know, completely up to snuff. They're going to welcome, uh, they're going to bring in Cameron King, uh, an offensive lineman. They'll bring him in. Uh, during the during the off season, and I feel like there's at least one or two more um, that they'll bring in. But shoot, uh, you know, yeah. Despite the fact that there are some inexperienced pieces, talking about Paul Gainer, talking about Woodlison Alcius, uh, Travion Clayton is another one. Trace Clopton, obviously, we mentioned him before. He's a true freshman. Um, you know, there's some inexperience there, and there's going to be some growing pains with these young guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just the luxury of having the – I mean, it's 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 a luxury for Southern Miss to, you know, compared to where they were two years ago to have as many guys as they have. I know there's a lot of uncertainty right now about, you know, what, what this team is going to blossom into – but do you have kind of a floor slash ceiling prediction on what we may see next season? Yeah, I think it's going to look a lot like it did last year. Um, you know, what were they eight four in the regular season? I think it was and finished eight and five, if I remember right. Uh, I, I think it's probably going to be somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't see them losing. I, I don't see them not getting to bowl eligibility. Uh, I think they will you know, 100% get there, but I think they're probably looking at no more than eight or nine wins. I don't see any more than nine for sure, uh, you know, and, and, and it could, you know, they could surprise me, obviously. Um, you know, you could go out there and everybody just hits on all cylinders every every week from start to finish. Uh, but at this point 
you know, at this point in the game, it's, it's, you can't predict that just because you haven't seen it. So, uh, I, I would think right now, you know, I think a seven to eight win regular season and, and another bowl game is, is about as realistic as, as I can, as I can be right now. Coming up this weekend, we've got the NFL draft and it's expected for a few Golden Eagles to go. How many, how many Golden Eagles do you see getting drafted this week? I think three. What do you think? I, I think three is pretty fair. I think that's kind of the expectation. How many do you see making rosters or, or making uh, camp rosters? Man, that's, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think, and, and just for, just before we go on, I think Tavarius Moore, Edith Smith, Corey Robertson are the three guys that will get drafted. Uh, now, as far as guys who make camp rosters, uh, let's, uh, let's see. I think Julian Allen makes one, so that's one. Um, Draper Riley would be two. I think Cornell Armstrong and Curtis Michael make three and four. Am I missing anybody? Who am I missing? Um, Alan Zay, possibly. Alan Zay is another is another potential guy, uh, and I think somebody will give him a shot just because of what he did as a junior, uh, his speed and all that stuff. I mean, he, he had great years at East Mississippi, so I think someone will give him a chance, uh, most definitely. Um, i trying to think. Maybe Devin Ferrier. Uh, there, there's a chance that somebody, you know, brings him in to see what he can do. So I do think you'll get, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight uh, guys finding their way into into camps outside of the three guys that that I think will be drafted. Have you heard any chatter in particular on any of these players? I mean, I know it's all over the map with their visits, but is there any, any have you heard any particular interest for any certain players with any certain teams? Yeah, I mean, probably the same as anyone else who's who's following it closely. I mean, I know you know, you hear Tavarius Moore's name being connected with like the Cowboys and the Steelers and the Packers and those sorts of teams. Uh, I think I've heard um, Corey's name being mentioned with like the 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 Saints, the Cowboys, uh, and I want to say I'm, I'm sure there's a couple of teams I'm missing, but but those are the ones that that, that right off the top of my head. And and Edo, um, I think. You know the Patriots are a team that uh, the Patriots are a team that uh, have been you know his name has been mentioned in connection with them and uh, I know I think he said he worked out for the Dolphins uh, during a private workout before pro day right so um, you know I, and and those could be all, all of those could could have could change you know before this weekend but um, so yeah but that, that's I do think those three guys will hear their name called at some point. Well, while we get you on the line, let's talk a little baseball. We're kind of coming up on the end of the 2018 season. Southern Miss, as, as of right now, sits at 29 and 11 on the year, 13 and four in Conference USA. Finally, seems to be hitting their stride. First place in the conference, six-game winning streak, ranked in the high teens in most of the polls. Um, the big question this year has been the pitching woes. Do you think that the Golden Eagles have made some movements to correct those pitching woes, or do you think they're kind of finding an easier part of the schedule right now? Well, I think it might be a little bit of both. 
to be quite honest. I mean, uh, you know, last week they went down to, or what, what was it? Who did they play last week? Middle Tennessee. I, I would say, you know, that was an easier part of the schedule, but heck, Middle Tennessee second in the, in, in Conference USA and run scored. And, uh, and then you got, uh, so then they played FIU before that, and South Alabama is a pretty good hitting team that they faced um, earlier this week. And so, uh, and and so uh, I think, like I say, I think it's a little bit of both. I think they're starting to figure some things out. Some guys' roles are starting to be more solidified. So we talked about Middle Tennessee, and then they played FIU and South Alabama. So, like I said, I think I think what's what's happening is Southern Miss is sort of uh, you know, roles are being more clearly defined for some guys. For instance, J.C. Keys seems to be a lot more comfortable coming out of the bullpen than as a starter. And it appears that guys like Mason Strickland, Jared Wright, and Adam Jackson don't care where they pitch. Uh, you know, Jared Wright had his struggles uh, a little bit earlier this season out of the bullpen, but he pitched really well in, in the start that he was given. Um uh, a couple of weeks ago, and Mason Strickland has has really pitched quite well, uh, no matter whether he's starting or relieving. So, yeah, I think sure part of it is that they're not necessarily playing world beaters uh, lately, but uh, but I do think they are starting to um, starting to sort of like I said figure things out and. Uh, you know, we'll see though. We'll see if it's just if if they can keep it up. I mean, that's really the biggest thing that I'm interested to see is uh, is this sort of a flash in the pan type of deal? Uh, you know, Stevie Powers has had really two really really nice starts in his last two starts. Obviously, Nick Sandlin, we know what you're going to get out of him every time out. Walker Powell has been has been good, um, you know, all season for the most part. But can all these guys like the, the J.C. Keys, the Adam Jacksons? Uh, the Keller Bradfords, the Jared Wrights, can they all continue? Can they can they maintain uh, the level of play that they have, you know, been at the last few weeks? Uh, I'll be interested to see uh, if they can do that. Got about 14 games left in the season. The RPI right now for the Golden Eagles is 32, according to WarrenNolan.com, um, and the only you know real. I guess you have two top 100 teams if you count Tulane at 100, but Louisiana Tech, RPI 55. So there's not a lot of opportunities for the Golden Eagles to really move up outside of just winning all the games. Do you think hosting another regional is a possibility for this Golden Eagle team? And what do you think it would, would have to happen for that to happen? I do think it's a possibility. I think, however, at this stage, like if the season ended today, I think they're not a regional host. Obviously, with an RPI 32, they don't they don't normally give uh, teams that far down uh, a host spot. But um, and yes, while it is true that you know they've got Old Dominion, they've got UAB, they've got Marshall, and, and then Louisiana Tech is the other. Uh, those are the last four conference series, and of those, like you mentioned, Louisiana Tech's the only one with an RPI that's any good. Those other ones are like sub 150. At best, um, I think I think Old Dominion's like 250 in the RPI, so that isn't going to do you any favors uh, at all in in terms of trying to um, increase your own RPI. But 
when you take into consideration what Mississippi State's doing, when you see what Louisiana Lafayette is doing, they're playing well um, lately. And and so, you know, that's what you want to see. That that also that really helps you uh when you can't help yourself is having teams that you have already played, having them do well, like the Georgia Southerns of the world, the UTSAs of the world, you know, the the, the Rices, the West Kentuckys. The better those teams do, the more it helps you. Like Rice is one oh four, I think, the last time I looked in the RPI. If they keep you know, if they somehow get on a hot streak and and uh, make a little bit of noise in, in Wayne Graham's uh, swan song of the season, then they're gonna, that's going to be two more top 100 RPI wins for Southern Miss. Uh, if Mississippi State stays hot, that's three more, you know, that's three more wins. If, if say Mississippi State finds their way into the top 25 in RPI, that's three more RPI top 25 wins. You know, in Southern Miss on Southern Miss's resume, and so, you know, it, it, but but they have to keep winning. Southern Miss has to keep winning. There's no doubt about. It. And uh, you know, that's the only thing they can control. And and everything else, uh, they just got to forget about it because they can't do anything about it at this point. Uh, how how those other teams perform? So they they can't worry about that. They can only worry about themselves. And I think if they do. You know, I think if they handle their business and make a little run in the conference tournament, you know, you would think they would probably see Louisiana Tech again, maybe um, FAU again, maybe those are those are two more good RPI uh, games. And so, I, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to think that Southern Miss could get to that twenty to twenty-three range in the RPI. And if they do, then they're then they're right there uh, on the cusp. If not, if not, um, you know, doing what they need to do to, to secure uh, to secure a regional host bid. One more thing before we let you go. Kind of had a, a bit of a slam dunk at the end of uh, basketball recruiting season. Uh, the Golden Eagle signed Ladarius Marshall out of Forest Hill up in Jackson, Mississippi. And it, 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 you know, with the success the team had this year, the guys they have coming back and, and the three new additions that, well, I guess four, if you, um, if you count the big man they just got. But what do you think about this Southern Miss basketball signing class that's going to be coming into the program next season? You know, I, I tell you what, it's, it, I think it's going to be sneaky good. Um, you know, you got two dandy dozen guys in there and not just one year dandy dozen guys. I think they've both been multiple, uh, you know, been on there multiple times. Uh, I know for a fact with Darius Marshall is a three time guy and, uh, Gabe Washington has at least been on there a couple of times. So you got those two guys. You got the, um, small forward out of Arkansas who I think, uh, or I know he's a Serbian. He's from Serbia. Um, and I think he, I think they like him a lot. Uh, they got the big guy who's going to be a walk-on or the bigger guy, I say, Tyler Stevenson from New Hope. Uh, he's a little bit slim, but the, I know they like him. And they're adding uh, Boban, uh, Boban uh, who they had signed last year, but because of some issue with academics and, and transfer credits, uh, he was not able to be on campus uh, here in Hattiesburg uh, in, in the fall. And so I think he, uh, you know, he's ready to go. He's been here since January. 
and and yeah, I mean the fact that they're only losing D'Angelo Richardson, they're they're probably going to end up losing Eddie Davis and Penny Hampton due to graduation, but um, you know they're going to have to do that anyway with the, with the scholarship limitations. They're going to have to get rid of a couple of guys anyway. So uh, yeah, no, I think the roster got markedly better um, with with the uh, off season additions that they have made. So we're listening to Jason Munns of the Hattiesburg American. Jason, anything you want to plug? Any final words for the Southern Miss fans out there? Keep going to HattiesburgAmerican.com and following at Munsley on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, just keep on keeping on, and we'll uh, we'll see y'all when we see y'all. <laughs> I don't know. That was Jason Munns, ladies and gentlemen. Follow him on Twitter at Munsley. Of course, the big news going on right now, the uh, NFL draft this weekend. Got at least three Golden Eagles that should be taken, um, if not more. Hopefully more will get you know, signed to roster. So really looking forward to all of that. That's what we're going to be talking about on next week's show. Jason, a.k.a. Bump, will be back with us. So hopefully we got some good news to report to everybody. A little bit of uh, off-topic news. Big comedy show this weekend at the Thirsty Hippo. I'm not performing, but we'll be in attendance. Dave Ross, hilarious guy. You may have seen him on Comedy Central, on Drunk History, Corporate, as well as Chris Charpentier, who's been on Those Who Can't and Jimmy Kimmel Live. It's going to be a great show. Got three Hub City's Finest. Going to be there this Saturday night. That's April the 28th at 8 p.m. at the Thirsty Hippo. So come out to that. Look those guys up. Make sure they're kind of your style (laughs) before you come out. Um, But it's going to be a great time. All right. So let's shut it down. Follow us on Twitter at ToTheTopTalk. Follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. Follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Facebook as well. Next week, as I said, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft, baseball, and more. Look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your favorite podcast platforms. Give us a rating. Give us a review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.